All right, four minutes late, but off and running. The Krug Show meets the Cone Zone on a, uh, on, a on an off day for the Niners. In fact, if it wasn't for Grant, I might be in my car right now driving to Santa Clara. But yesterday, he reminded me, there's no practice tomorrow. Welcome to 2024. I uh, hope everybody had a great New Year's Eve, if uh, a great New Year's Day, watching Michael Penix vault the uh, the Huskies into the championship game, beating Texas, watching me lose another wager because Alabama somehow found a way to win. Uh, but welcome to, uh, to a little 49er talk as the Niners have clinched the number one seed. They Week 18 means nothing. Then they get the bye week. Then they get the win, the lowest remaining seed at Levi's in the divisional round of the playoffs. Grant, good to see you, man. Is, are you wearing a Christmas present there? Is that a, a Christmas jacket? No, it's just a little, a holiday a little something jacket. I got from H&M, and uh, it's cold in my house, so I wanted to bundle up. And, you know, it's Niners. You're wearing you're wearing the red. I don't know why you're wearing Maryland. I'm wearing this. I don't know why I'm wearing it, but it works together. It works well. Go. Yeah, I'm only wearing Maryland because uh, a buddy of mine used to be the AD at Maryland the great Kevin Anderson, who is the Cal AD. And I gave him crap one time when he came on the show that he never brings us anything. And then he sent me like the biggest box of Maryland stuff ever. So I've got Maryland, everything. People are like, what, what? So it's just one of my favorite polos. So I just threw it on because it's a laundry day. Um, what'd you think of the rain of the uh, win over the commanders? I mean, I, I, I wasn't sure what that game was going to look like, especially after the commanders, you know, the Niners took that 10 nothing lead. It looked like they were going to boat race them. And then the commanders started running the ball right down their throat. Uh, it looked like the Niners couldn't stop Brian Robinson. And it looked like the commanders and the commanders tied the game. And it looked like the Niners were going to be involved in a knockdown, you know, drag, drag out kind of a, you know, a real head knocker. And then they pulled away and won easily. What'd you think of it? Yeah. I mean, from Washington's perspective, they played as hard as they could for about two, two and a half quarters. Give them credit. From the Niners' perspective, they kind of didn't wake up until the second half. So it was predictable. I think the one thing that was interesting, we, we knew the Niners were going to kill them. But I think Washington sort of pointed out some potential issues with the Niners' defense that have been there all year. And they're still there. You can run on the Niners. yeah, And you can throw screens on the Niners. So it's tough to like do that to get back in a game when the Niners are scoring 30, 35, 40 points. It's probably not enough. But if you can play good defense, you can keep it a close game, you can do that to the Niners. I mean, Washington ran the ball real well. Brian Robinson looked great on those screens and those runs between the tackles. So that's got to be something you take into account if the Niners play, say, Detroit. Because Detroit has a really good offensive line and two really good running backs. And yeah, Jared Goff isn't good enough really to handle the, the, the 49ers defense, but that's the kind of matchup you got to think about. We're going to talk about the Niners defense run defense later in the show. Um, the Niners have everything they want right now, right? They get the number one seed in the NFC. They get a first round by, they get home field advantage. Uh, they beat commanders 27, 10 and the Cardinals stunningly, um, beat the Eagles in Philly way to go. Cardinals way to go. Jonathan Gannon. Um, but, but as you said, I mean, the 49ers don't go in. It's not like the 49ers are some absolute dominating. They cannot be beaten kind of an outfit. They're 12 and four. They're seven and two on the road. They've got a lot of weapons and a lot of talent on the roster, but you just, and defensively, they're a top tier defense. If you look at the numbers, but um, 
how severe, I guess, are their defensive problems? Why don't we start there? Because part of me, you know, sometimes I, I convince myself that, ah, you know what? They, they don't really have a problem run D they just got fatigued and they, you know, missed a lot of tackles going into the bye, And then they missed a lot of tackles because they're, they're fatigued, but they don't, they're, they're not, you mentioned it. They're not great against screen passes. And it seems like if you're a physical runner and if you're a team that commits to the run, um, they're going to have a hard time stopping you. They don't seem like they're, they can stop anybody in short yardage, whether it be on the goal line or whether it be in the middle of the field, how is, is the run D and the lack of, and the defensive issues that we just mentioned there, are those serious issues that are going to keep them from winning the whole thing? It's a tough one. I mean, I think it's schematic actually. I think Steve Wilkes, because he inherited the best run defense in the league. They haven't really changed much. They, they lost Jimmy Ward and Samson Ebukam, but they still have a lot of good run defenders. I think Steve Wilkes came in and said, why are we playing eight-man boxes so much? It's a passing league. We're giving up big plays through the air. Why don't we play two deep safeties more and just concede a little bit more on the ground and concede some of these screens? I'd rather give up a little bit more on the ground and some screen passes than long passes down the field. I think it's almost by design. And... You know, are you going to run the ball? Are you going to beat the Niners by running the ball on them? Probably not. Their offense is too good. They score too many points. I mean, the Ravens had the best run rushing attack in the, in the league. They beat the Niners by passing on them. They beat the Niners by Lamar Jackson getting outside the pocket and making throws on the run. So it's an issue. Like, let's say they face a team like Buffalo or Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and those teams are able to be balanced. That's a problem. Because you, you want to make them one-dimensional. And I don't know that the Niners necessarily can do that this year if they're playing these two deep coverages and Eric Armstead isn't healthy. Without Armstead, they have a real problem against the run. That being said, where, what do you think's going on with Armstead? Do you think it's, Do you think his foot injury has gotten more severe and the plantar fasciitis is worse? Is that why they signed Sebastian Joseph Day? Or is this all kind of just, you know what, Eric's, um, he means a ton. And he's not going to play unless the season's on the line. And this is all just, you know, getting him rest that he needs. I and mean, this is two years in a row. He's had the plantar fasciitis. This might be kind of a chronic thing for him. Yeah. I mean, I've never had plantar fasciitis, so I don't know how long, I don't know how it works. Is it possible that it's one of these things where there's no clear cut timeline? You just sort of have to check in with him every week and say, how does it feel, Eric? And you're sort of waiting for it to die down. And it hasn't yet. That's a problem. They could say, hey, we're going to rest him. He has two weeks. We hope he'll be ready for the playoffs. But he may still be in pain, and they could say, hey, you know, we're facing Tampa this week. Let's give him another week. I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners feel real confident that this injury lingers until the Super Bowl. We may not see Eric Armstead again until the Super Bowl. That would give him a lot of time if the Niners make it. Can they get there without him? I mean, he is he is far and away their best run defender inside. I mean, it's like... It, it, and it's not even close. It's like when he's in there, they're a different run D inside. When he's not in there, it's like, man, you just kind of pray that everything works out. Well, I think schematically the reason for that is, again, think about what you have to do with two deep safeties. You have seven in the box. There are eight gaps, so you're down a gap. How do you not get gouged in the running game? One player has to two gap. Who is doing that? Armstead. He's great at it. He can shed. He can stack and shed. He's utterly dominant. 
one player has to two gap in that scenario. And you're still not going to be a great run defense because you're playing two, two deep safeties. But that's not, I don't really think Kinlaw can do that as well as Eric Armstead or Sebastian Joseph Day can't do it. Like that's Eric Armstead. That's why they pay him $18 million a year because he gives him that flexibility. He can play one gap, two gap, inside, outside. He's very unique. Do you, they've already gone for Sebastian Joseph Day. I'm reading an article this morning on Bleacher Report. Who's a two-gapper, right? Right, and in fact, yep. it was that was interesting, too, listening yep. to Shanahan talk about him. He's like, hey, you know, the scheme that he played in was so much different than our scheme that, you know, he played 11 snaps against the commanders. They're like, you know, it's a totally different deal. Instead of sitting back, reading, and reacting, we want him to kind of, you know, be a one-gap. It's a one-gap penetrating, get-up-the-field scheme. And it sounds like he's a fish out of water, but can they lean on him? And if not, you know, Bleacher Report suggesting they should go sign Matt Ioannidis. I mean, I guess the question is, how serious is the uh, Armstead injury? And do you think like you can get there to the Super Bowl without him? Or do you need reinforcements? And I don't even know the rules on that. I know you can only call two guys off a practice squad, but can the Niners... I mean, we're post-trade deadline. Can they pick up guys off the street right now? Do they have to clear waivers? Um, I mean, and is there anybody out there? I mean, Ioannidis is nice. He hasn't played all year. Joseph Day, right? Yeah, so I, I think they could definitely sign my, Matt Ioannidis, and they probably should. I think the reason they're not is, you know, a sentimental attachment to Eric Armstead. He's been here for so long. He's such a he, – is he a captain? He, they treat him like he's a captain. I think he's a captain. I don't know. but he is. They treat him like he's a cat. He's a very important member of this team, and I think they want to leave the door open for him to return if he can. And I'm guessing, you know, for a big for an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl, he would probably try to play at 50%. But how good would he be? I'm looking at last year. So last year he had the same injury. You remember how many games he missed in a row with this injury? How many weeks? No. Seven. He was seven. He's already missed four here. Seven plus a bye week. So that's eight. Eight weeks. He he so he may he not play in three. Super came Bowl. back. He missed week three. Came back. Played week four, and then missed was set out from week five to week thirteen. I'm saying serious injury. And he uh, wasn't that great when he came back. He didn't really hit his stride until the until the playoffs, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. He and 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 he's so essential. It's amazing too when you talk to the other guys in the room, whether it be T. Y. McGill, Ken Law, the linebackers. When Eric's name comes up. I mean, he's he's like the Niner players hold him in higher regard than I think the media does, the fans do, uh, maybe even the coaching staff. I mean, the Niner players look at Eric Armstead like he is, you know, the he's alpha, he's alpha. Aaron Donald. I mean, he's yeah. he's mean Joe Green. He's you know fig, put in the greatest defensive tackle you can think of. That when they're talking about him, they 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 hold him in such high regard. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and I never understood why. The, I feel like to a man in this organization, they preferred Eric Armstead to DeForest Buckner. And I think it was an easy decision for them to keep Armstead over Buckner. I just think it was hard for them to sell it to the team, or to, to the fan base. I don't think fans care anymore. But I always wondered why. Because to me, Buckner is clearly a better player. But Armstead, maybe he's a little bit tougher, a little bit more physical, a little bit more... Uh, I don't know. Like DeForest Buckner was a great pass rusher, but I feel like he would sort of he wasn't as good against the run. I mean, you know, that's a great question because um they didn't Armstead get similar money or did Armstead Armstead get less. two, three million less? 
A little bit less. So yeah, yeah. he was a, he was a bit of a, they saved a little money, but I think they, the way they always talk about him from Bosa to the coaching staff, I think they prefer Armstead's style of play for a defensive tackle. And I'm not sure why, but that's a tangent. Um, okay. So let's get into what we learned in week 17. Well, should we get some super chats first? Cause I think they, some, oh, some people we? want to talk about Armstead. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Logan Hagerman says, what did the 49ers do to the Eagles? It's like the 49ers stole their lunch money and they never were the same. They were on again. the ropes before the Niners played them. I think we misinterpreted their whole season. They were winning close games and we're like, wow, how tough are they? Like, mm, they're surviving these rounds if they're a boxer and their legs are shaky and they and they have very little left on their punches and the Niners knocked them out and they're still on the canvas. Well, and, and also they're not the same team. I mean, they lost, um, they lost both coordinators. They lost both safeties. They weren't yeah. that great at linebacker. Uh, they're leaning on guys. Blankenship to me is just a guy. They had yeah. they had uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson. I mean, C.J. Gardner Hurst Johnson has gotten figured out big time. The play calling was mysteriously bad in the last month for the Eagles too. I think, but um, but yeah. yeah, I mean they 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 were probably coming apart at the seams, and they we yeah. didn't even see it. And the Fort Niners just you know kind of showed Lost they were them. the better team. Yeah. Gator 49 or 88, one five lost three, one five lost one, one one. Now just got to win three because the final game is glorified preseason game. I like the way it's trending. Yeah, there you go. If you're looking at it, I didn't even check at those patterns, but those are decent patterns. Sean O'Leary says, I've had plantar fasciitis over the last five years. Sometimes it's minor pains, particularly when the foot flexes. Sometimes it's like a golf ball is in the arch yep. of my foot and you feel it with every step. Yeah, recovery time varies. You just don't know. It's you just don't yeah. know. You know, my wife, open for Eric Armstead, but it's possible he won't play again this year. My wife has plantar fasciitis. I bought her a brace for Christmas. I found on Amazon, and it basically just keeps your foot flexed, like in the middle of the night. Most people yeah. who have plantar fasciitis feel it a lot in the morning. They say Ooh. it's because your foot in the middle of the night will kind of curl, and then. You just you need it stretched out. Sometimes you, that first step in the morning is just incredibly painful. But the one thing that's clear is that you should get that for Eric Armstead. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. You should, I mean, Eric. What size shoe do you wear? Uh, Got him. Yeah, I mean, he's seriously. Maybe I'll get a bigger version of that for Eric. I'd be his hero forever if I just slipped him, slipped him the uh, the plantar fasciitis brace, Eric. I'm saying you would get a Super you. Bowl ring because they don't <laughs> have that type of equipment in the organization. They just don't have the budget for it. Eric, I bought two of these, one for my wife and one for you. Uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. I might, be great. You, I might try that. Zach Rivero says, how concerned are you with the amount of rest time? As far as rest versus rust, none. None. No, yeah, Kyle no concern. Is very he talked about it yesterday. He's like, this is something that can affect teams and has affect teams, and I don't intend for it to affect my team. So I think I'm not really concerned about it. I think it'd be fine. And they're the fourth oldest team in the league. They've played a lot of playoff games. They should know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, I mean, if this were baseball, I'm very concerned. Five days off in baseball for a daily sport is a problem. You get 10 days off, it's a major problem. In football, no. I'm more I'd be concerned if it's a young team with a bad coach. Possibly, That's or if you didn't know. practice well. I mean, yeah. if you don't have good practice habits. He's going to be prepared. I, I don't know how, have good, a great game plan. how good are the Niners' practice habits. I don't know. I only, I only can see stretching. Again, they're the fourth oldest team in the league. I think they need rest uh, supersedes the need for them to, like, Hold in on their practice habits. Let the young guys practice. Let the young guys play. I mean, yeah. period. Um, That's what's going to happen. Zade says, good knowledge with my Gary Radnich voice. There you go. Shout out Gary good Radnich. Knowledge. Good knowledge. The great G-Rad. 
Yeah. Gator 49 or 88. Can we talk about how awesome the Niner Nation travels? It's an, it's one of the cool features of this team. If you travel, yeah. cover this team, you see it like it's it's a lot of these guys in the in the, in the hotels and the airports at the games. I mean, they I was talking about this with the coach yesterday on the phone. People travel and and follow the Niners like groupies. You know, they 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 look at some of these players like they're rock stars. Oh my God. It's Nick Bosa. It's George Kittle. It's like in sync or something. It's like the Backstreet Boys. It's amazing. Good for them. Because a lot of times football players don't get that kind of fame. You know, I mean, it are they traveling from the Bay or are they just Niner fans all over the nation and they're just Both. traveling? Both. Or they or they, they live in these towns. But you know, all three of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the one thing. The one thing with the 49ers is you can thank Joe Montana and Steve Young and all Hell those yeah. guys for all these people traveling because that's what's going on here. I think it's just they're an iconic franchise. Who even who's even close? Packer fans, maybe Packer fans, Steeler fans, Cowboy fans. Those are like the four. Yeah, those are the so, four. So fans that, you know, if they're if you've won in the past and you've built up that yeah. that fandom now, though, some of those people are retired. They got money, I guess, to travel. Yes. Maybe is that Absolutely. it? And they probably pass down their love to their kids. And it's like a family thing. Because the Niners represented not just a great football team, but like excellence. You know, it, it transcended sports. And it represented that throughout the entire 80s. So I think a lot of people who were in the Bay at that time or interested in football, like have a special place in their heart for the 49ers. And it's passed. It's all over the country. The coach lives in freaking Maryland. Why is he a Niner fan? Just because. Well, you know, the one that amazed me was week one. I mean, oh. you're going to show up at Heinz Field and pack that house. And yeah. literally, I mean, I'm literally in the fourth quarter listening to that game going, I'm hearing let's go Niners at Heinz Field in week one as they're as the they're beating down the Pittsburgh Steelers. How did that happen? Um, it well, didn't it happen. Happen. It didn't happen. I was going to say it didn't happen. The only place I didn't feel like it happened where I thought it was going to happen was finally it seemed like the Rams in the NFC Championship game seemed like they had a little bit, few more of their fans in the house after they were thoroughly embarrassed earlier. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Doesn't this kind of feel like people f sort of feel the sense of urgency? This is, as I said, I keep saying, it's the fourth oldest team in the league. This is, this and next year is their shot. After next year, the team's going to look way different. Armstead will probably be gone. Hargrave will probably be gone. Kittle, Juszczyk, Trent Williams. That's five really key players who are probably not going to be on this team in two years. So, you know, in 2019, it looked like a really young up-and-coming team, and if they didn't win the Super Bowl, it's okay, they'll be back. Well, it's four, year four years later. They haven't been back. This is a great shot for them. Next year, it'll be a good shot too, but probably this is their best shot. This is it. They're the best team in the league, mi minus maybe Baltimore. This yeah, is their shot. The only thing I'll say is that I heard you say earlier that they're the fourth oldest team in the league, but on opening night or opening weekend, there was a printout showing that they were the 26th youngest team in the league. So I don't, I'm not sure exactly where they sit top to bottom, but they've got a lot of older players. And this is, this is probably the last best chance for Trent, the last best chance for Gibson, the last best chance for, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of veterans. And the Gibson. one thing I think we've learned also is that, man, it goes by fast. Like, I mean, you know, I thought they were going to have Willis and Bowman inside forever. And like three years later, they were both out of football. Yeah, so that's true. Don't, 
Don't think that it's going to last. It doesn't last. There's some urgency here to get this thing done this year. Or if they don't, um, they may miss their window. They may miss their window. Even though Purdy's young, even though Kyle and Lynch are relatively young, um, they're they're built to win right now. And they might not be in future years. Moises Rosales says, I'm late, guys, but how about an unproven rookie kicker that might have to kick a difficult game winner in a playoff game or Super Bowl? The Niners have done a good good job at basically protecting um, Jake Moody by not being involved in too many close games and hardly ever asking him to make a pressure kick. How, how What's your level of concern with Jake Moody? La- by the way, the last time the Niners did win a Super Bowl, rookie kicker, Doug Bryan. That's right. Yeah. But at the same time, it didn't really come down to him, right? They just destroyed right. the Chargers. Right. So maybe – and like that's not going to happen in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. What we've seen is that the AFC is really tough. Like they have the elite, like I think you could argue all the elite quarterbacks are in the AFC and uh, it's going to be a really good game if the Niners make it that far. So, so maybe Jake Moody actually will be a factor in the Super Bowl. I don't think he'll be a factor before then, but I do think it'll be interesting if he'll be someone who was sort of like having a good time this year. All of a sudden, the, the entire season could come down to him at the very end. That would be interesting. I'm not rooting, I'm not betting against him, but he was someone that, teams were trying to ice and had some success with that early in the year and in preseason. So it'd be interesting. I just hey, talking to him now, right? I know. Seriously. Wow. They couldn't get a kick going. Yeah. Um, I will say hey, this. Quick, I found Bill, Bill Barnwell in mid November, put out the list of the oldest teams, saints, Eagles, Broncos, Niners, Raiders. That was mid November. So um, just want to throw that out there. Youngest teams, Packers, Giants, Bears, Colts, Cardinals. So the Niners are not on either end? Is that what you're saying? Or They're fourth the oldest. The oldest is the Saints. Second oldest is the Eagles. Third oldest is the Broncos. Fourth oldest is the Niners. Fifth oldest is the Raiders. Okay. So I guess we're seeing what's happening with the Eagles. So there it's you go. Team. Yep. Well, on opening night, they said they were the, the, the 26th youngest team out of 32. Mm-hmm. Take it up with Bill Barnwell. Maybe he's wrong. Barnwell. Bill Barnwell is pretty, uh, pretty on, on point. He's got the numbers. Um, okay. We got one more here, Super. Uh, Gator 49 or 88. Jimmy G going to be playing Brock Purdy in the movie. Yeah, Jimmy G. <laughs> Poor Jimmy G no. got, got exposed going to the Raiders. It's yeah. like now it's like, it's like, how could he not be a product? How could, how could anybody See, that, argue that he wasn't a product of Shanahan after watching? And, that, and doesn't that make that, that, that at least makes you look at Brock a little sideways? Brock's really good, really good, way better than Jimmy. But then you look at Jimmy in 2019, his best year, he ranked eighth in passer rating in the league, which is kind of funny considering we know he's not even a top 32 quarterback in the league now. And I don't even know if he was a top 25 quarterback back then, but he had the eighth best passer rating because he's on a hell of a team with a hell of a coach and a hell of a defense. Now I got Brock with the number one passer rating in the league. He's a really good quarterback, but I don't think anyone would think he's the best quarterback in football. So where is he really? I mean, the stats lie to a degree. They did for Jimmy. So where is Brock really? That's a fun one. And I was trying to ask people on Twitter today, and I, th- I got, I think, some really good answers from, from some s- smart answers from, from some thoughtful 49er fans. Okay, so where would you put him? I would say not top five. I think we could, I think most people could agree that the top five is some version of Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert. Just, not just this season, but... You know, for the future and including the past, I think that's probably the five. And then, and then it gets interesting. Do you do you put Rodgers next? Do you still think of Rodgers as elite? Do you think of Stafford as elite? Those two have won Super Bowls. And then after those seven, you could argue that Purdy's eight. He'd be right there with 
to I mean, is it, is it, it, it depends what you're asking. And it's like, are you saying if you wow. started a team today, because like, where's Rogers really? I mean, is, I mean, Rogers should be one really. If you want to put, if you really want to have a list, Rogers probably should be number one on your list if it's based on career, but if it's based on right now, he wouldn't be one and Stafford. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think like, like based on like Stafford next is, season, based yeah. on where, if you Stafford under no, Herbert right now, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, he's on a better team with a better coach. Like I bet, I bet the Rams would probably rather have Herbert than, than Stafford next year or even this year. I know it's tough to get a quarterback it's up to speed. In a Herbert's a projection. And so, I, so, Herbert's so, a projection. so I, I would argue that Herbert's been held back by an awful coach. And I think once Harbaugh goes there next year, Herbert's going to be like obviously a top five quarterback. I'll project. I'll I'll, 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 I'll make Herbert the uh, top five quarterback. I know you've argued that he's better than Herbert. I'm not trying to get you to back uh, off off of your stance. That's just how I feel. And I think that's how most people would feel. But I well, respect I'm just saying Herbert's right. a projection. Herbert's a projection. I mean, the same way Lawrence could be better than Maybe. all the than several guys Maybe. too. He's six six with right. a gun, great great wheels. I mean, he's got. Do you see differences between Herbert and Lawrence? Because to I me, think Herbert Lawrence has accomplished more in the NFL than than Trevor Lawrence. But I'm not looking both at their projections. But I would say I would say okay, Mahomes for sure. What about Stroud? Where are you on Stroud? Yeah, see, so so I had those seven. And then after that, I feel like you could make a case for Stroud, Love, Purdy, Dak, those guys. Like there's a that's the next tier, I would say. Like the second tier of quarterbacks. I think Purdy's right in that second tier of quarterbacks. Is Purdy better than Hertz? Yes. See, now this is a debate that I got into last year, and I, I just said, hey, man, they're the same debate. They're, they're the same guy. I said, hey, you know what? Purdy and Hertz are the same they're guy. They're way different. But, but the, I, all I meant was that they're the same size. They've got a lot of the same characteristics. They're both, you know, they've, I mean, if you go, when the Niners play the Eagles, I did a side-by-side -side comparison of Purdy and Hertz. I was shocked at how many similarities they had. But when I brought it up, it was like World War Three. How well, could you well, say Purdy's one guy is like quarterback sneak extraordinaire, and the other guy really doesn't do that play. I think that kind of shows that there is a little bit of difference in how they're built, but and how they play. One guy throws an anticipation. One guy just stands in the pocket and waits and looks at the rush. Frankly, Nick Bosa called him on it. It's the truth. Purdy's way better than Jalen Hurts. They should not have given him all that money. I bet they uh, re regretted big time. Philly. It's so funny how quickly things change, though, because last year at this time, if you had said Purdy's clearly better than Hurts, people would be like, what? 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 One guy's right. a rookie. The other guy's a third-year player having right. a career year. And that, that Purdy's better than uh, Justin Herbert. I'm just not ready to go there yet. But, hey, let's see. He has the excuse. He has the what's, – what's that freaking guy's name? I don't even remember his name. Who's that? The coach. That Who awful coach that was there for three years. What's his Staley? name? Staley. Brandon Staley. Staley. He has the Brandon Staley excuse. So let's yeah. see what he does with with Jim Harbaugh or whoever gets that job because that's the that's the job you want. He's looked at it as an elite quarterback. You don't want to have to draft a quarterback. The draft's a crapshoot. That's the job. I would say rating. if you want to be safe about things and you don't want to get into just a huge knockdown drag out debate, I think the safe thing to say about Brock Purdy, he's a top ten quarterback. I think that's fair. I think top that's 10. fair at this point. He's played about a season and a half. I don't he's feel ten. He's not. He he, like he's not Mahomes. He's not Allen. He's not Lamar. He's, he's not, not Burrow. Um, for those four, for sure, and yeah. probably three or four others, depending on how you see football or if you're going to look back, look forward, whatever. I mean, to me, it's like if you're going to have Rodgers in there, then you're putting, you're looking back, 
And if you're going to have Stafford in there, you're probably looking back. But then if you're going to have Lawrence and Herbert in there, you're probably looking forward. So he's right in that mix. He's in that. Let's just say there's a first five. There's a second five. He's in the second five. He's not in the first five. He's in the, five. He's in the five. second five. I would think so. And you could argue, hey, I, I'd rather have Purdy than 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers coming off an Achilles next year. There's something to that. You could also argue, hey, I'd rather have C.J. Stroud than Brock Purdy. There's what something to that Goff? argument, too. Goff? I'll take Goff's Purdy. gone to a Super Bowl. Where do you put Goff? I'm not a big Goff guy. He can't move. He has a good offensive line. He's a good, he's a good team around him. I, I, he, you know, he has a lot of good weapons around him, too. I'll take Purdy over Goff, confidently. Yeah. There were people that would have taken love over Purdy earlier this year. From no, Green that's Bay. a conversation. That's a conversation. I think love is really good, and I don't think he has any anywhere near the supporting cast that Brock Purdy has. And I think there's probably throws that love can make that Purdy can't. But Tannehill? I'm not ready to say that love's better than Purdy. I think they, I think they're in the same tier, frankly. I'll throw out the coaches, Tannehill. Oh, I'll I'm take just, Purdy. I'm just screwing with you, coach. I'll take Purdy. Uh, Tua? How about Tua? Tua? I'll take Purdy. There's something about Tua that I don't really like that much. Um, he seems soft. Sorry, he's gotten hurt a lot. He well, he's had a lot of injuries. Had a he's lot. Got, of he's injuries. good. He's good. But maybe he's in that tier. But I just think I would take Purdy over Tua. Then there's guys with the tools like like uh, Justin Fields. I mean, you catch Justin Fields on the right day, he looks awesome. Um, you know, like he, he on a different team, the, the Bears, you just can't win as a quarterback on the Bears. Who whoever succeeds as a quarterback on that team? How Ooh. good is how? Oh, here's one that's a tough one for me. How good's Kyler? Kyler, I knew you were gonna say Kyler. I love. I really am a Kyler fan, man, and I've been a Kyler fan for a while. He throws the hell out of the ball. He's probably the most difficult quarterback to defend as far as running because he's yeah, got this but... jet pack. He's got this jet pack. Where he's got quickness and speed, he's he. I mean, he's he's a he's not elusive like Lamar, and he he doesn't seem to no. love the game like Lamar does. The question with Chris yeah. or with uh, Kyler is how much do you love football, man? I mean, people True. are saying you like video games more than football. I, it seemed like with with the Cardinals, they always had Larry Fitzgerald, and he was the one sort of upholding a culture and a professionalism there. And as soon as he retired, it was up to Kyler, and that team just fell apart. So maybe he's going to have that. Look at Baker Mayfield now. Baker Mayfield came into the league kind of like a diva, making all these commercials, getting into beefs with radio hosts. Then now he's on his third team, and he's actually playing the best football of his career. Maybe Kyler will develop that professionalism, that love of the game. But I'd rather go with Purdy because you don't have to question that with Purdy. You don't have to question whether he's going to be doing his homework. You do with Kyler. That sucks. How about guys, <laughs> yeah. Grant, who get hot for periods of time? Like right Joe now? Michael? Like, yeah, I was going to say right yeah, now, yeah. Joe Flacco in years past, Nick Foles. I mean, there Joe is something Flacco's to be said for right being in that, in that zone right now. He's put himself right in that tier with Purdy right now. Like, would you really take Jordan Love over Joe Flacco in a playoff game right now? That's a discussion. No Joe way. Flacco's playing great. He's playing so great. I mean, I mean, he's almost in the Stafford. I mean, imagine if the Jets had just kept Flacco. Instead of doing all this stupid stuff with Rodgers, who you can't really count on anymore, they just could have just kept Flacco. Well, and then there's all kinds of younger guys too. I mean, uh, what what do you think of Bryce Young? What Nothing. do you think of uh, Anthony Richardson? Anthony mm. Richardson is huge and fast and athletic, and he's got the world of potential in front of him. He's he's, he's got, got a lot of development to do as a passer, and it's just not a developmental league. Yeah, he's a hell of a talent. He is. He's he's a hell of a he talent. Uh, we're, we haven't even mentioned Dak. Dak was like the MVP favorite three weeks ago. I try not to be too tough on Dak because he's he's had you know 
who have his coaches been? Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett? That's rough. It's kind of like Alex Smith. He hasn't played for one of these Andy Reid or Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan disciples. He might be a lot better in, a, in an uh, imaginative offense, but he just doesn't exude a lot of confidence on the field to me. How about Russell? Played, uh, I think he's done. He had a, he's had a good look. Have you seen his stats for the year? They're yeah, pretty good. That's he, he checks the ball down a lot. Jared Stidham put up the same numbers 66 percent, 26 picks or 26 touchdowns, eight picks, 45 seconds. I think he's done. I'll take Purdy. You take, who, I'll take Purdy? love. I'll take love over him. I'll take Stroud over him. Like, no hesitation. Yeah, I, I, I think you know, once again, you know, everybody can have their own uh grading system, but I would say if you want to be in a safe area, Brock Purdy's top 10. He's top 10. No doubt. And will um, he ever be top four in the league? I don't know. But he could be top five maybe next year if you're right about Herbert and Rodgers falls off and Stafford falls off. He'd be top five. You know what? It's funny. It's like Brock says and does the right thing every week. Did you see his one mistake this week? What do you do? They gave him the game ball and he's like, guys, this is not this is not all about me or something like that. He's like, yeah. I can't do this all by myself. You know, it's like who said you could? Right, you that's know? true. That kind of goes without saying, right? I thought I thought that was yeah. funny. The way he said that was like, "What? I can't do this all by myself? No shit! Of course you can't do this all by yourself." Hey man, it's going to his head. <laughs> He's getting cocky. He's, He's getting cocky. cocky. Um, okay, is this Niner offensive line? Well, let me read this one. Jazza says, how can you compare quarterbacks? You're comparing the quarterback on their roster to others on their roster. That's always hard. Where Brock Purdy go if you swap quarterbacks on other teams like the Texans, the Chargers, the Jags, the Cardinals. Brock Purdy's got an advantage in that he's playing on a great team. I think we have seen that Purdy is a really good quarterback, though. Like, he wouldn't fall on his face if he played for another team. He's good. He would elevate those teams. Jimmy fell on his face. Jimmy flat out fell on his face. I don't think Brock would do that on a bad team. What Brock's got that's real, that has nothing to do with the 49ers, is between the ears and in the chest. You know, he's got good heart and he's really smart. So now, I don't know if it's so bad for Brock. He gets the most out of a good coach because he can trust the coach to have open guys and to throw with anticipation. But if he's throwing with anticipation and his coach is freaking Brian Schottenheimer or Mike McCarthy and guys aren't open and he's trusting guys that he shouldn't trust, he could end up throwing a lot of picks and getting benched. So he sort of does need a good coach. Everyone needs a good coach. Well, in an ideal world, you got a good coach, you got a good offense, you got yeah. weapons. I mean, you got you got an offense that works. Nobody can do it by themselves. And, and we're going to find out this yeah. week of the Niners' premier guys. Who would you sit this week? And they can they can all. Somebody said call all sixteen guys off the practice squad, mm, and no. can't be done. Yeah. You can only pick two off the practice squad. Then you got to put guys through waivers. You're not doing that. So. Some somebody who's really good is going to be forced to play this weekend. Some, you know, other guys are going to get the the pass. Who would you sit if it was up to you? Well, McCaffrey has to sit. He's not even healthy, so this is an opportunity for him to take some time. You're not going to worry about him being rusty. He's always ready. By also, the way, just before not to jump in on you, but no, on, on that front, I I asked Kyle Shanahan in week five or week six. I'm like, this guy's on pace for 400 touches. Yeah. Are you going to use some of your other guys? And he's like, well, he's our running back, and we like to throw it to him. So it was like, no, we're not going to use other guys. Then he went through the entire season and didn't use other guys. Yeah. Um. And here we get to week 17, and we saw that Elijah Mitchell is actually pretty damn good. 
And if guess what? If we see Jordan Mason this week, we're going to come away with that exact same. Hey, Jordan Mason's pretty good. Yeah. Did Kyle blow it to some degree by overusing McCaffrey and running him into the ground before the playoffs? Now he's still healthy. He's not done yeah. for the year, but they could have used these other backs, Grant, all throughout the year. They could have used him more in the fourth that's quarter when they had up. leads. That's they could have used other guys. Yeah, I it. It does feel like a miscalculation. We were talking about it all year, and it was so curious. Why are you doing this? It felt like there was some um, some things going on that weren't necessarily the main goal. The main goal is to get him to the Super Bowl and have him be the Super Bowl MVP or whatever. But I think they wanted him to be the, the offensive player of the year and the MVP. And also there was like a little competition with Mike McDaniel. And the Dolphins. I don't think you'll realize what, what's going on between the Niners and Dolphins, but they're sort of competing to have this great offense. And Mostert was was getting a lot of touchdowns. And I think, I think each one, I think it meant a lot for McDaniel to have Mostert have more touchdowns than, than McCaffrey. Like, haha, I took the running back. You did all this to get another running back, but my guy still had more touchdowns. I think, I think there was a little unspoken competition between the Niners and the Dolphins to have the better running back this year. And maybe that's maybe that's. Not I just right. think they have two standards. I think the Niners have two standards. When John Feliciano plays, it's because Chris Forster and Kyle Shanahan want him to play over Spencer Burford. When Christian McCaffrey plays, <clears throat> it's because Christian McCaffrey wants to play. Yeah. McCaffrey decides how much McCaffrey plays. Uh, Shanahan and Forster decide how much Feliciano plays. Chris yeah, Kacerik like, decides how, how much players are like that on the Niners plays. That you can't talk to him. McCaffrey, Williams, Bosa. Fred Warner, um, or maybe maybe George because the second tight end is such a drop off. He five, decides how much he wants to go. Players. A few. So McCaffrey's in that list. The Can't guys who talk yeah. independently at their locker call their own shots. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yeah. I mean, like, the- where the hell's Fred Warner? Never comes off the field. It's always Fred. So it's like, and it's who, I just think thinks independently at their lockers. Fred Warner, uh, Nick guy, Bosa. It's Nick Bosa, Kittle. Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, Fred okay. Warner. Yep. Um, Trent, Williams. Trent Williams. Williams and whoever's new in town. That's, maybe. That's pretty much it. Those five. Yeah. Those are the guys who do whatever they want and they call I, their own shots. You've noticed that Trent Williams has two lockers. One says Silverback, one says Williams. He has a Both rope that he was he, not anymore. He had he to. Did. He then did, but they gave in. it to Verrett. But then Bosa had to give it up, not Trent Williams. Trent Williams has like a, he's like a nightclub. There's a, there's a rope. There's a rope. There's a freaking There's rope. A bouncer. There's a bouncer. It's really funny. It's a cover. It's like, look, I'm 35. I need these kids away from my area. All right. <laughs> it's hella funny. I mean, but seriously, McCaffrey calls his own shots. Mm-hmm. He absolutely calls his own shots. And I don't get that because, man, you, if, if this back. guy went down, your chances of your odds of winning the Super Bowl go down with him. And you had other backs. Yeah. And they didn't so he use better them. be 100% healthy and he better not re-aggravate this injury in the playoffs. Otherwise, we're all going to just shake our heads like this for six months. You got to have McCaffrey and now uh, he's, you know, and you got to get to the finish line with him intact. And it's like, what's his injury right now? Is it a, a mild calf strain? Kind of scary. Calf. calf. Okay. And then the week before he was like putting his knee together with his hands on the sideline. It looked like he was literally like yeah. either massaging it or putting it back in place. I don't know what the heck was going on there. Um, yeah. So this week, no McCaffrey. 
No mm-hmm. Ambry Thomas, right? Yeah. Anybody else? I don't want to see Greenlaw. To me, that's the one guy. He he just hits like a truck. He yeah. makes all the tackles. Sit him out. Sit him out. Um, I think he's so vital, Grant, to their run D. Well, the way I would handle it is I think other than McCaffrey and maybe Trent Williams, I think all the starters should play a quarter just so they can do the full week of practice, prepare like it's a, a game they're starting for, get their feet wet, don't get rusty, and then take them out after the first quarter and then go to my backups and take them all out after the first quarter. That's what I would do. Um, okay. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have many players miss the entire game. So at quarterback, you that means you'd have Brock and Darnold up, and then you'd go to Darnold, and then if Darnold got hurt, yes, you have to have you three go back to team, right. You got to go That's back to Brock. You have to have three up. If it, to do it my way, you because to have Darnold playing for three quarters, you you wouldn't want to have to go back to Brock Purdy if something happened to Darnold. You wouldn't want that at all. Right. So maybe you sit Brock too. And when asked about it, Kyle wouldn't say. Uh, Jerry McDonald was like, "So are you going to play Brock?" Kyle's like, well, I, 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 we got to talk about that. So, which makes me think he's probably not going to play. I wouldn't so maybe, play him. Okay, maybe that's another one. Maybe that's another one. But everyone else I think should freaking play, at least for a quarter. That's how I feel. Here's, here's the question I have. What if uh, they sat Brock? They played Darnold in the first half. They played Allen in the second half, and Allen played better than Darnold in the second half. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, first of all, I would not be surprised. But second yeah. of all, would that be enough to shake up the depth chart? For the playoffs, or would that be? Is that too? Is that is 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 Shanahan not that confrontational? Is he bottom line, or is he? Hey, you know what, Sam? We kind of promised Sam he's number two. I think Shanahan makes his mind up based on practice. I think he made. I think he wrote off Trey Lance based on practice. I think he loves Sam Darnold, and so if if he has a rough game against the Rams, he'll probably make an excuse for it. And when he played uh, that one quarter a couple weeks ago. And threw a pick and took that sack. That sack. Kyle Shanahan was really enthusiastic about it. So I don't think there's much Sam Darnold could do to change to, Kyle Shanahan's to unseat, opinion. To unseat the, yeah, and I don't think so either. Uh, helper man one two three says one Rogers, two Mahomes, three Lamar, four Allen, five Herbert, six Brock, seven Stafford, eight Tua, nine Stroud, ten Dak. That's all I got. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. Didn't he leave somebody? I wouldn't put Rogers one anymore. I, I don't think. I think those days are over. Um. Yeah, I mean, Rogers, him for years. It's an all-timer. I mean, that's a, this is like a career achievement list more than anything yes. else. Brock um, ahead of Stafford. I don't know about that. If it's a career achievement list, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's a career achievement list, and then he sl- snuck in Brock there. Uh, and Herbert, Herbert once again gets a very high grade. Uh, Batman twenty nine says we can easily we can easily run it all playoffs with CMC. And Elijah Mitchell and a few Debo runs. Kyle needs to stick to the run game in the pat in the postseason if he wants to win a ring. Well, I definitely agree with that. Run mm-hmm. the heck out of the ball. But I want I saw Des uh, JP. I always want to call him Desmond because of the basketball player. I've seen JP Mason a couple weeks ago look high energy. To me, if a guy that big, that fast, that explosive has high energy, and you're not you're not a good short yardage team. Why would you not run a 240-pound back who has tons of energy if you're going to make him active on game day? I mean, why, why is he even on your team? And what's he like there for? Is he moral he support? There? Does he tell jokes? I mean, what what exactly is JP Mason there for at 240 pounds if he's not going to be used in short yardage? To keep him away from other teams, don't you think? They know he's good. Yeah, they know he's good, and he's they the don't. Future. 
they just don't want him to go to the Eagles or some or the Rams. He would play for so many teams and play well. The guys, I, I haven't seen a guy this talented get this little run on an NFL team probably in my whole life. Um, Troy Niners or Trey Niners says, I think we Can need you to play the Seahawks or the, oh, or the Ravens. The freaking Ravens. Like, he would, he would, they'd be writing articles in Seattle about how he's Marshawn Lynch beast mode part two if he were there. Instead, yeah. he's like an unheard of guy who you see kind of walking through the locker room and you're yeah. like, wow, that guy's big and fast and talented. Oh, and everybody loves him. Oh, but he never plays. Uh, Trey Niners, I think we need to play all the healthy starters, even Purdy. I think it's a mistake to give players three weeks off and expect them to play well in the postseason. I hear you, but um, what if Purdy somehow somebody falls into him accidentally and he tears up his knee? Your Not chances good. of winning the Super Bowl evaporate in that moment. So, and that's the thing when you play have a bunch of backups on the field, they're a little they're a little clumsier. Things happen. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, the predictability of it gets away from you. Jay Figueroa, any update on Jawan Jennings' concussion? Still in the protocol. I mean, Sounds first like of all, we you know and I know that Jawan Jennings is maybe one of the five or six toughest guys in the entire room. So the fact that this guy has not played the last couple of weeks, is it two weeks or three weeks? That's a good question. But I don't think concussions have anything to do with toughness. This is, this must be a serious brain injury. I mean, must well, be a I'm saying. I mean, yeah. But I mean, this guy's got to, I mean, and uh-huh. this guy's, this guy plays with pain. And, and so he's got to, he must've been just clicked exactly the wrong way. Yeah. Hope he's okay. Concussions are scary. scary. Hope he's all right. He's a yeah. he's a hell of a player. Here's a stat that before we get to the next super that I got to throw you. Um, the Niners, according to what my research here, twenty fifth in the NFL in team spending on the offensive line. And like 25th. all of the money goes to one player. It all goes to Trent. Yeah. Everybody else is making nothing. Is the Niner offensive line? which we've talked about at times a lot, and sometimes we haven't talked about it that much. Is it good enough? Can they win the Super Bowl with this offensive line? Or are we going to be talking about, man, I mean, I know we know they're going to go get new offensive linemen in the offseason. We know the offensive line is going to probably be the first-round pick. Is this offensive line good enough to get to the finish line with this year? I mean, it wouldn't be good enough if Jimmy Garoppolo were the quarterback. It wouldn't be good enough if Jared Goff were the quarterback or maybe even Dak. You need someone really elusive at quarterback. And fortunately for the 49ers, they have Brock Purdy, who is extremely elusive for a quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's one of the more elusive quarterbacks in the league. And I think he's made that offensive line seem better in pass protection than it is. Still, when the Niners have lost the last few years at the very end of the season, it's usually the offensive line that crumbles in the fourth quarter. Um I held up well enough against the Ravens. The Ravens don't have a dominant D-line. What team in the, I guess, really the Chiefs, right? They still have Chris Jones. He's so dominant. and The Niners can't really block him. And he already ruined one Super Bowl for them. So could be an issue. And I think uh, the fact that they they could win, the idea that you could win a Super Bowl with Colton McKivitt starting for you still seems rich. He's just not good. I'm sorry. He's, he's He's a bargain. He means well. He's tough. But he's not good. He's really struggled, and he's struggled in some individual games really badly in the second half of the year. Um, they did win a Super Bowl with a guy named Dan Audick, who was like 258 pounds, but it was a different era. It's a totally yeah. different era. Yeah. Um, here's a, here's another one for you. 
what does, if you had to guess, because I know you don't necessarily have the answer to this, and I don't either, and I've tried to press Kyle on it. He He's so contradictory in his answer that I don't know where to go with it. I'm trying to ask him, what role does Mike Shanahan play in the 49ers? And some people hmm. said, oh, man, he plays a significant role. He's got an office, this and that. I asked Kyle, hey, did do you use Mike, who was a great play caller, schemer, designer? Do you use him to design plays? He's like, oh, no, no, he's smart enough to know that you can't dabble in that stuff because you'll get one right, you'll get one wrong, this and that. So he doesn't dabble in that. But then he goes, but you know what? You know, he's my confidant, and he's involved in everything that I, every aspect of everything that I do. So I'll throw it to you, Grant. What do you think? What? Mike Shanahan is an older play, older guy, but he's not an elderly man. He, you can see he's got a lot of energy. You can see he's at the games. He seems very invested. If you had to guess, what would you say Mike Shanahan's contribution is to, this, to these 49ers? I'm just guessing, but yeah. I'm going based on my relationship with my dad. And, you know, I've, I've, been cover, I've been a professional for 12 years. I'm at the point where I can write an article and not send it to my dad to proofread it and feel confident that I can publish this article on my own. I've been doing this for more than 10 years. I feel like probably Kyle Shanahan feels he can draw up plays without sending each one to his dad and saying, dad, does it work? What do you think? At the same time, I still talk big picture with my dad about my work and business all the time, every day. And I would imagine Kyle does the same thing with his dad. Instead of sending him all the plays, he could say, dad, this is my game plan this week. This is my script this week. What do you think of my approach? What do you think of the team we're facing? I mean, they talk on the phone. I'm sure they talk about football. So I bet there is that kind of a dialogue. And I bet Mike Shanahan has very strong opinions. And I bet his son, Kyle, listens and takes, I don't know if he takes physical notes, but I bet he remembers these conversations. So he probably calls his dad. I wouldn't be surprised if his dad calls him. Mike seems like he wouldn't mess around. I'll say this, man. When your kid becomes a professional and um they're 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 doing things for themselves you want to give them the wide berth to make their own mistakes do it themselves but you live for their success mm -hmm. i'm sure your yeah. dad lives for your success i bet you mike shanahan literally lives for kyle's yes uh, pursuit of this ring so i i bet you mike wants kyle to win this ring more than he wants almost anything else also, it would guess. it would boost Mike Shanahan's candidacy for the Hall of Fame, which is something he cares very much about uh, because he sees Kyle Shanahan as part of his coaching tree, which he is. So that'd be another person, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, who coached underneath Mike. He's going to be on the ballot again next year. He hasn't made it in. He has two Super Bowls of his own and this coaching tree. This could help. Let's hit a couple more supers. I got one last question, and we'll bolt for the door. Steven C. Right. says, Jimmy G., 11 of 19, 131 yards, a touchdown, a pick, 6 of 8, 77 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, 20 of 31, 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Total is 37 of 58, 63%, 427 yards, two touchdowns, three picks, one bad pass away from the Super Bowl win, 49ers winning it all this year. Wow, there's a lot of numbers. There could have been a couple parentheses in there, but what? I made it through. I made it Pardon? through. Yeah, okay. We got Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Happy New Year. Daza says, can the first stringers practice but not play this week? Who cares if we win or lose the game? Doesn't mean anything. Well, I agree. If you 
practice a bunch of people who don't play and then play a bunch of people who don't practice. I mean, they could get hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to prepare people to play a game. Otherwise they could all get embarrassed and hurt. I'm sure there's a bunch of, if, if you, if you gave Kyle a 40 man practice squad, he would sit everybody. But since he's got a two, only two guys he can call off that practice squad, he's not going to play everybody. He's going to. And you don't want to like practice. sit back he's, he's, he's others gonna, and have them be backups if someone gets hurt. Now you have third stringers playing and forced like they're you don't even have that much of a that much depth, right? And then it's like you know you're going to put in some offensive lineman hasn't played all year and then run uh, your number two running back behind it and then that guy gets killed. So it's you know I don't know. I mean it's yeah that to me this that makes this week very very interesting yeah. practice and uh, who's True. up on game day who gets that designation on Saturday. It's going to be really interesting. I yeah. personally would love to see, and I don't know how you feel about this. I believe in Luter and Womack more than I believe in Ryan and Verrett. I'd rather see the younger DBs. Yeah. Now I realize Ryan plays safety, but um, speed. I'd, I'd like to. I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather gamble on the upside potential of Luter and Womack than gamble on the few, the past being able to rekindle the past like Jason Verrett. But they love Verrett, and he's and he, he. What do you make of the way they use Verrett? He was up in week sixteen, in week seventeen, he was not. How do you? What do you make of that? They, I think they're preparing him for some matchup down the line in the playoffs at some point. Trying to they bring want him everybody in the slot. In. They want him in the slot. He doesn't have the speed he used to have. Obviously, he's torn his ACL a few times. He's torn his Achilles a few times. But so, what are teams the Niners could potentially face that have multiple slot receivers who are good? The Rams. I think we'll see Jason Verrett this week against the Rams. What does he look like against Puka Nakua? What does he look like against Cooper Cup? Neither of those guys are fast. So maybe Jason Verrett could match up with them. And they both have the, you know, lineup tight to the line of scrimmage, tight to the formation. Maybe you need two nickels. Maybe Ambry Thomas doesn't really match up particularly well. Or Traverius Ward. Maybe that's the one. It's interesting. Uh, I'd love to see Womack, just because it seems like Womack is making plays on special teams. Um, he's engaged, he's young, he had a great camp. Mm. Keith Murphy from the Unbeaten says, I was giving Kylie credit, Kyler credit for playing Mitchell, or Kyle credit for playing Mitchell. Uh, turns out CMC was hurt. I thought the same thing too. I was like, oh wow, look at Kyle's finally switching it up. Oh no, he actually just got the guy hurt. Oh no, no. Uh, it was all because of injury. Uh, game time, I was first to say Harbaugh to the Chargers. Okay. Well, Harbaugh to the Chargers makes tons of sense. Why? Because the Chargers have tons of talent and they were poorly coached. Similarly to the way the Niners under Singletary had tons of talent and were poorly coached. Yeah. If you're a good coach, you go to where there's talent and then you yeah. try to make and where and they were poorly coached and a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he's got more of a quarterback there than here. Dazza's is last year. Kyle Shanahan had a goal to run it for 30 to 40 times a game. We have CMC, Elijah Mitchell and Mason share the carries and run it. I agree. Yeah. God, I agree with that. Seriously. Manny says um, Shanahan wants to act like JP Mason is just a third stringer and pretend his whole career. He didn't always utilize a whole platoon of running backs pre McCaffrey. Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't know. Larry, they just, just can't tell Christian to come off the field and they're like embarrassed about it. So they're trying to act like it's a choice that they made, but it's just Christian won't come off the field. Yeah. No, it's Christian and Bobby T. And Bobby T, I think, defers to Christian yeah. at this point. So it's all Christian. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Sanders, let's let's come on. Uh let's come on. Late come a, on. A late come on of Mitchell is a potential Super Bowl winner. 
Well, yeah. that's nice the thing. Mitchell's good. I mean, let's talk yeah. about that for a second. Elijah Mitchell's good. He can pick and slide. He's got good speed. And if he's healthy, he's a, I think Kyle, if you said, if we were sitting right here, Kyle, what would how would, in an ideal world, how would you like to use Mitchell? He wants to use him as his closer with a lead in the second half because he's so good at picking and sliding inside and he doesn't fumble. Yeah. He wants to use him as a closer. No doubt. Really good player. And now that Christian McCaffrey is a little injured, the season's over. He's going to get his accolades. They need to use a rotation until the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, give Christian the ball as many times as he can freaking handle it. But in the NFC playoffs, playing Tampa, Green Bay, Elijah Mitchell needs to be playing these games. This is a very important time for him. If you can make sure that you don't get penetration in the backfield, which is a hard thing to do with this O line, but if you can guarantee, if you can let him get to the line of scrimmage, I think in some ways his ability to kind of find the crease is really almost Mitchell's is almost better than any of their backs, including yeah. including CMC, who I love. Uh, Dazis is drafting day one Jones, who went to the Browns, would have helped the O line so much. Yeah, the I'll just Cam wait on Cam Latsu. He's coming. Cam Latsu, he's going to be the one. Wow. Yeah, seriously. When I watch Daywan Jones and I look at Cam Latsu this summer, couldn't catch a cold, I'm thinking to myself, why? 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 All right, let me ask you. Let's finish with this one. Kyle Van Noy pulled a Nick Bosa after the Ravens game. When I say pulled a Nick Bosa, Bosa said, hey, we've got the template. We've got the blueprint of how to rush um, Jalen Hurts. And if the Cowboys were smart, they would copy our template and our game plan, and they would do the same thing. It came across as a little arrogant, but maybe also a little. He was right. Uh, you know, he was right, and he also, <laughs> you know, it was like insider football, sort of. He was kind of giving us a glimpse. He didn't have to say that, but he said it. Van Oys, I know it might be annoying to hear, but I agree with Van Oy. Now you say, well, what exactly was their secret that they did to Purdy that nobody that they think everybody should copy? Well, obviously it wasn't it was a it was a defensive wrinkle, not an offensive wrinkle, because he's a defensive guy. So it was what they did defensively. And I think what he meant by that, Grant, is that the Ravens blitzed Purdy off the edge with corners, not with linebackers, didn't give him hot reads in the middle of the mm. field, and then packed the middle of the field in a zone with lots of really talented defenders and dropped back deep and read the quarterback's eyes and basically clouded up the middle of the field and forced him to throw it into windows that he didn't want to throw it into or throw it into traffic. He threw it into traffic. There's a bunch of picks. I actually think that Van Oy was spot on, and I think that we actually saw in this game against the commanders that the commanders kind of agreed because they, I thought, looking at the All-22, were much more in the middle of the field, and the 49ers were kind of forced to throw some out routes and some passes Downfield out to IU. Yep, absolutely. Different. Sure. I mean, Purdy looked very uncomfortable, even though the Niners beat the commanders by a lot. They Purdy looked uncomfortable in the first half of that game, and he just didn't look. And he also threw some real ducks in the first half of that game. Balls that just floated. Some of the worst balls I think he's thrown in six, seven weeks. Um, what was your read on what Van Noy said? And you saw that commanders game. Do you agree that the Commanders may have copied the Ravens and that the Niners better get ready for more teams kind of doing a lot of the same things that the Ravens and Commanders did? You you could try to copy what the Ravens did, but you probably don't have 
their talent. The talent to pull it off. Now maybe they maybe the Browns do. Although the Browns have their own template, it does make sense what they're saying. Like if you could take away the middle of the field and force Brock Purdy to throw to other areas, it's a good start. It doesn't mean you're gonna win. But that's it's like if you could force Lamar Jackson to stand in one spot, it's a good start. It doesn't mean you're gonna win. But that's what you want to do. So that's the first part. The second part, blitzing from the edges, blitzing from corners. I like that because Brock Purdy's you know, escape hatch from the pocket is that quick spin move to the left or either way. And it's hard to do that against a blitzing corner. Really, you kind of want to step up or just get rid of the ball against a blitzing corner. And um, so it's smart. You want to take away that, that spin out of the pocket and you want to take away the middle of the field. And the Ravens were a- able to do both, essentially. How many teams can do that? A couple? couple? Three? Yeah, not everybody's got the Ravens' talent. Kyle Hamilton, those linebackers yeah. in the middle of the field. I mean, they, and then yeah. they they also did something Safety that I think the Niners and the nickel. You need like five guys. I think the Niners were prepared in that game to make Arthur Millette the the conflict defender, and then they just the Ravens sat Millette, took Marlon Humphrey, played him in the slot, and took Darby, the veteran corner, and played him outside. And I think the Niners didn't. They were getting ready to pick on Millette, and Millette didn't play. Mm. That was, that well, was my read. Better luck next time. Give but me yeah, one. No, there's not that many teams that have this kind of combination. You could try to co- copy the the Ravens' blueprint, but they have great players on their defense. Great players. Great players. Great players. Um, last one. Did you? Is there? Give me. Give me the team that you really want to avoid in these playoffs, either in the Super Bowl or in the NFC. Who's the team that you just are like ah? You know what? If the Niners miss them, so be it. I'll be happy. It seems like the Ravens are a cut above everyone. What they the fact that they were able to go up 33 to 12 on the Niners is incredible. No one else could come close to that this year. So if if Lamar Jackson has a stinker in the playoffs and can't get through the AFC, I'm sure the Niners would be real happy. And if they don't have to face the Rams, I'm sure the Niners would be happy too because that's the one quarterback who's beaten them in the playoffs that they could possibly face in the NFC. They're not scared of Dak. Well, if they, they they lost to Hurts, but they're not scared of Hurts. They're not scared of Goff. Stafford's a really good quarterback, and he lost to them by seven without Cooper Cup this year. So I think those are the two teams probably prefer not to face. Yeah, I the Ravens would have to be that team, but a close second to me would be the Browns because yeah. now that Flacco is throwing the rock around and he looks good, I mean, he's had like six or seven 300-yard days. They've, they Their old line's not very good, but, man, the rest of that team, uh, Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, JOK, Denzel Ward. Yeah. I mean, they've got some serious big time defensive players. So I would say Cleveland. Wouldn't it be crazy if the Niners lost to Flacco in the Super Bowl? Oh, God. God. God, don't even say that, man. They could I mean, put him in the Hall of Fame if they do that. Oh, my God. Oh, that would just be sick. I believe that somehow- any quarterback with two Super Bowl victories should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Plunkett should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think it's a, a fluke when Eli? you get two. Yes. Hall of Fame? Yes, I would. I mean, Plunkett was the MVP. You won two Super Bowls. What else did you not accomplish in your career? I don't give a yeah. damn what your quarterback rating was. Super. I mean, Plunkett and Eli have more Super Bowl wins than Rodgers. I'm not saying Rodgers shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. No, yes, know, your numbers count. You won more. But dude, if two? you win two, you got to be in. I think so. Yeah. How many I mean, guys does that even apply to that aren't in? It's Eli and Plunkett, right? Eli, Plunkett, and Flacco if he gets it done this year. Flacco if he gets it done this year. Let's go, baby. Did you, by the way, are you the kind of guy that would watch 
because that game was on the other day before Niners Ravens. Did you see any of Niners Ravens? Were you in uh, Superdome that night for the blackout? No, I wasn't. I was not there that night. No. Um, would you? I mean, you obviously watched that game though. You was Lowell in the in the house that night. He was he was at home with me. My mom was sick or something. There was an issue. Oh, it was like okay. twelve years ago, but there was an issue. I remember we okay. couldn't go. We were at the, we were at the NFC Championship game in Atlanta. I was at that game, but I didn't the, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean, that was just a that was a maddening freaking game. And Harbaugh, watching that thing again, Harbaugh gagged that the worst way possible. He had an old Ravens defense at the end of a fourth quarter where the Niners were just just absolutely running them off the field. And he called, he had a two minute warning and a timeout because he couldn't get the play called in time. Yeah. And he gave an old Ed Reed and an old Ray Lewis and an old yeah. Bernard Pollard time to towel off and, you know, lo load up for three big plays. And then he ran, he had Kaepernick throwing instead of running, and he never gave Gore the ball. They did have that one quarterback draw and that it, they didn't get off in time. Right. Remember that? Well, then Remember they had the quarterback draw where Kaepernick rolls right. And he, he could have run to the three. It was second down, second and goal. And instead, he threw it, a bullet to Crabtree, ricocheted off his pads. And so it was you know third and goal from the five, and we know how it ended. Hold on. People in your chat are, are making me angry. They're, they're not listening to what I said. They're naming people who won Super Bowls. I'm not talking about a guy who won one Super Bowl. Yes, there are bad quarterbacks who won one Super Bowl. You Brad can't Johnson. name me a bad quarterback who won two Super Bowls as a starter. Yeah, Jess Hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trent Dilfer for sure. Nick Foles. You can't name a guy who won two that was bad. Right. No. no I mean, come on. No. There's no such thing. You win two Super Bowls. You're not bad. Not bad. One last Super. Matthew Rowley. Happy to hear Debo say most starters will play this week, play week 18. We need to stay in rhythm and avoid making yeah. the Colts mistake. Oh, and oh, and go blue baby. Go blue baby. So there you go. He's a Michigan fan. Um, it was know, hard to watch. You can't sit everybody because just because you can't. You can't. They'll sit play a quarter. Everybody. They'll play fifteen plays. They'll score a touchdown. They won't be playing in the third quarter. I bet you. Preseason. That's another tough one though. There's only so many guys you could have up. So you, let's say you get your starters out there. They play a quarter. Then you go to your reserves. If there's an injury, guess what? Some starters gonna have to retape and get back out there. So it's That's gonna true. be it's gonna be kind of a weird game. Hopefully they can get through it. Let me ask you that last one too. Do you think it does it does it matter? in any way if the 49ers win in week 18 is there any aspect of that does that knock the rams out it does huh like since you since you threw no. the rams in there no it doesn't knock them out it doesn't knock the rams have clinched a playoff berth but they haven't clinched a seed they could be the 6 or the 7 seed maybe they could be the fifth. i think they could be the 6 or the 7 seed okay. so so it hasn't if you them beat out. them and they don't even play their like all their starters i don't think it matters much and if they're the 7 seed and they face dallas as a, as opposed to facing detroit Maybe they'd prefer to face Dallas. Like, I don't know. I don't think it means much. Good good stuff. We're an hour in. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle, the title sponsor of the Krug Show. Thanks to New York-style Italian sausage. And, of course, thanks to uh, Marin Autoglass. Bottom of the screen, marinautoglass.com. Grant, what do you got cooking the rest of the day on the Cone Zone? Will you be uh, streaming later today, or are you shutting it down for the day and picking it up tomorrow in Santa Clara? No, I'm not going to shut it down for the day. Two o'clock, me and my pops, we didn't nice. do a show yesterday. Um, Dude, I love the show that you do with your dad. I've stumbled on it. I, I don't usually see it live. I almost always see it taped because I'm, I'm more of a YouTube nighttime watcher. Seems like you guys go mostly day. But um, 
Dude, that's one of my favorite streams, period. How's how was Lowell's New Year's? Did, he, did you guys have a good New Year's Eve? Absolutely. Yeah, he had a great New Year's Eve. He's doing well. Okay. And our, our shows are cool because I feel like our, you know, the topics we come up with are different. Um they he's are. interested in sort of the di- different things. And also it's really the conversation he and I would be having. We have a very close relationship and we uh it's just sort of like eavesdropping on eavesdropping on the way we would talk anyway. I think it's fun. Hey, I wish you both uh, much health and love and success in 2024. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Grant. Thanks to all you guys. Thanks to everybody in the uh, in the chat. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you ask.